Hello and welcome to the first of our two-part video series on The Lie by Helen Dunmore. This is a modern novel, however it is set in the First World War, where we see the world through an ex-soldier's eyes. In this first video, I'll summarise all you need to know about the plot and its storyline, which can be a little confusing in parts, given the narrative frequently shifts, so I do hope that you will find it really useful in understanding the story a little bit more. So, The Lie is a story narrated by Daniel Bramwell. He's the story's main protagonist and he has returned home from the First World War. Now, this story is set in the quiet beachside town of Cornwall, which is located in southwest England. And we learn that Daniel is quite shell-shocked from his experiences away at war. As the story progresses, Daniel appears to be suffering from what we now know is post-traumatic stress disorder uh, and he's grieving the death of his best friend, Frederick Dennis, who was his childhood friend and commanding officer when they both served in the First World War. But equally, Daniel, the narrator, faces an additional tragedy as he has to deal with the death of his mother and come to terms with that. And she died while he was away on duty. So the story uh, begins when Daniel is now back in town and he's destitute. He's extremely poor and he's homeless. He moves in with an elderly woman named Mary Pascoe, who takes pity on him and lets him build and live in a small shack on her land. This is really important. Initially, it seems quite trivial, but actually this becomes essentially the key crux of the story. Now, Mary Pascoe lives in the outskirts of town and she is extremely reclusive and private yet we find that this hermit lifestyle that Mary has is actually quite appealing to Daniel and he really enjoys the solitude of living on her farm and he helps her on her farm and in its daily upkeep. Early on in the novel we learn that she does fall very ill uh, but fearing that she will be sent to a poor house to die alone if the town's doctor, Dr. Sanders, is called in to treat her and then he reports it to the authorities, Mary asks D Daniel to bury her at her home on the hillside of her land. And so when she dies, rather than tell anyone about her death, Daniel does stay true to his word to her and he hides her illness and he actively lies about it throughout the story and he buries her privately and each time other characters ask after her, he essentially lies and says that she's just resting just fine without visitors. Now, the narrative, which I've mentioned at the beginning of this video, it blends the present tense narrative of Daniel's existence at the time after his comeback from the war, but it also blends in his hallucinations and his reflections on the past. And as the, Dan as the novel progresses, this line becomes increasingly blurred and we begin to kind of lose touch, much like Daniel, of what is real and what is not, what's memory, what's real. We become entirely unsure towards the end. Now, through these hallucinations and flashbacks, they are quite useful because in this story, we learn that Daniel grew up in a very impoverished family. His mother was a single mother whose husband died early when Daniel was still young. She's amongst Britain's underclass at the time, so the really poor section of Britain. And from the age of 14, she's forced to work, 
rather than go to school. So his mother initially works in a place called Ventenauen. This is land owned by the Paddock family when she is just 14 years old. She then proceeds to work in several uh, underpaid roles and eventually she's hired to work as a cleaner in the household of the wealthy Dennis family. And this is really where the story takes a turning point and particularly Daniel's own life takes a major turning point. Uh, so Daniel, who's the poor cleaner's son, so his mother is a cleaner in the uh, Dennis household, he forms a really, really close friendship and bond with Frederick Dennis, who's the son of Mr. Dennis, a very wealthy industrialist and mine owner. And he's the person who essentially uh, hires Daniel's, uh, Daniel's mother to uh, look after the house and clean up. We learn that Daniel from a young age is very intelligent and precocious. He spends lots of time with Frederick, the son of Mr. Dennis, who's also his age. And they play in Mr. Dennis's home and along the Cornish coast. But we also see a different side to Daniel. We learn that he has a thirst for knowledge and he has this huge thirst and love for literature, which is satisfied through Frederick and Mr. Dennis's books in Mr. Dennis's library in his home. We, through their relationship, the first thing that is very, very obvious to all of us is this huge class division that separates Frederick and Daniel. And as we witness their interaction, we also realise the huge injustice of this class divide. Now, Frederick is extremely privileged. He attends boarding school and he takes his books for granted and he often passes them on to Daniel. On the other hand, Daniel, who's extremely poor, is, is also extremely gifted in reading and remembering reams of literature that he learns from Frederick's books. And he's able to recite the poems and the stories from these books. And Helen Donmore, the author, includes this purposefully, not only to emphasise Daniel's high level of intellect, but also to show the injustice of Britain's class divide at the time. But maybe also to question, you know, what's changed, but also equally what's not changed in today's society in Britain. Now, the class divide at that time often led intelligent people like Daniel, who were unable to afford education, to really have a dark life lacking promise, whilst the more privileged counterparts like Frederick, because of the parents' income, faced a very bright future, irrespective of whether they worked hard or not. Now the war begins, and in spite of the differences in class, both Frederick and Daniel um, both have to serve in the war. But going back to the narrative, uh, even prior to the war beginning, we learned that Frederick and Daniel do overlook their social differences and they remain very committed and very close friends from childhood and into adulthood. And even after Daniel's mother stops working for the Dennises, uh, the friendship between Frederick and Daniel does persist and events in the novel keep appearing to draw them even closer. So the First World War begins and Daniel and Frederick are conscripted into the army. However we learn that they face very different realities. Now, Daniel, because he's a lowly working class man, he must serve on the front line in the infantry. However, Frederick, who is wealthier, better educated, is enlisted into officer training. Their paths, however, do cross, and Daniel finds himself being commanded by Frederick, who's his officer and superior. But again, even while serving, they do overlook the differences between them, even if they are conscious that others don't see it in the same way. Now, the novel reaches a very climactic scene when 
Away in France, both Daniel and Frederick find themselves alone in a dark garden near the pub where the other infantry soldiers are drinking. So Daniel and Frederick discuss Frederick's plan for a raid and suddenly they kiss each other and their relationship takes a completely sudden turn which is both ambiguous and unexpected. So this scene of intimacy in the novel really makes us wonder whether, in addition to the lies that Daniel tells about Mary Pascoe, uh, and in addition to the lies he tells about covering up her death uh, once he's back from the war, is this also yet another lie, this hidden encounter between him and Frederick? Uh, and is it even a lie that he's unable to admit to himself? Is there a reality about his own sexuality that he's yet to be honest himself about? So we're left to speculate Daniel and Frederick's sexuality after this scene. However, we never see which direction the relationship develops because Frederick dies in a raid and Daniel suffers heavily from survivor's guilt. Now, haunted by strong feelings of survivor's guilt while his friend died, Daniel returns back to Cornwall and he moves in with Mary Pesco. We find that he also rekindles his friendship with Felicia, who is Frederick's sister. She's another important character and Frederick's link, uh, sorry, and Daniel's link to the past uh, and to the past, particularly to Frederick himself. Felicia has a daughter called Jeannie and we learn that her husband also died in the war. Now, the novel eventually ends when more and more people become suspicious of Mary Pascoe's absence and the village seemingly turns on Daniel and they suspect that he has killed her. Now, the blend in the book's writing, which blends Daniel's hallucination as it reflects on the past versus the present, makes us wonder in the end whether the village does eventually harm Daniel as they essentially begin to chase him when he's on Mary Pascoe's land, or if Daniel, unable to cope with the trauma of war, war ends up killing himself. And we never discover this, we never find this out. And this is all left to us as readers to speculate. So that's it. Uh, I hope you found this video useful. Do give us a thumbs up on YouTube if you found it useful and subscribe to our channel for more content if you found this extremely useful. And please bear in mind that this is the first of a two-part video series on the life. Uh, the second half of the video will be looking at key characters and themes. So do come back should you wish to learn about the key characters and the themes. Thank you so much for listening.